My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a wonderful spring morning here in the capital and I'm delighted to say that joining me on today's show to hopefully add even more brightness to affairs today is Alex Coates, Director of Currency UK, a financial institution which helps SMEs and individuals transact abroad, helping them achieve better exchange rates and simplifying international payments. Um, Alex, very warm welcome to yourself this morning and by all means, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's an immense pleasure having you with us, Alex. Um, now, um, just to sort of contextualise for those listeners tuning in that might not be familiar with yourself and Currency UK, um, I've given sort of a vague overview of what you do there. You sort of helped um, SMEs, you help individuals transact abroad, but what sort of is the real fine detail behind that work that you do in your own words, please? Sure. So it's probably best I give a couple of examples, really. So um, our, our business is, is split into to two groups of, of customers, the SME market, um, the businesses that are typically importing or exporting a, a good or a service. So uh, it's very common for businesses to buy products from China, for example, retail products for retail in the UK. They'll often be paying for those or nearly always paying for those in US dollars. Um, so we support those businesses converting their sterling into US dollars, sending it to China. Uh, basically, it's um, exceptionally exchange rates um, and, and very low payment costs. On the uh, private client side of things, as, as we refer to our private customers, um, it, it's normally to do with an international property purchase of some kind. Um, maybe um, uh, <clears throat> uh, some retirees buying a property in Spain. Um, purchasing in euros, they have sterling, they want to convert the sterling to euros, um, will help them save normally several thousand pounds from that uh, FX conversion and send the funds out to Spain. Um, but also helping a lot of kind of expats in general. So um, civil engineers may be working out in the Middle East on, on these huge civil engineering product um, projects, normally getting paid in, in local currency, um, Saudi reals, etc. And we'll help them convert that and bring that back to the UK and sort of exchange rates again. And um, so we do, we do that um, mainly over the phone and via our online system. And our team is is focused on one office here in in London. Um, we've got about twenty staff um, supporting our, our customers doing that. Absolutely and that's fantastic. it, really, in a nutshell. Yeah. And you've been with the company for almost 20 years, I think I'm right in saying now. And I think um, yeah, when you yeah. sort of started there, you have um, you sort of went straight into sort of a director of operations role before being appointed managing director not so long ago. So you've kind of gone in there, sort of worked in that sort of leadership role for quite some time and then sort of ascended the corporate ladder, as it were. Um, did you always kind of imagine that sort of when you joined the business that sort of leadership roles and sort of taking on real responsibility was kind of going to be the way for you? Interesting. I, I, I suppose I, um, I joined the business. I was the, the third person to join the business. And I was thinking more entrepreneurially when I kind of um, joined, um, thinking I was actually straight out of university. I wanted to get into a business that was going to grow. And obviously, leadership um, is one of the, the skill sets that's required to be successful in, in doing that. But I didn't necessarily focus on that. It was only when the business started to grow through you know, a lot of effort for myself, um, and we were hiring staff, etc. That, that leadership became a a, um, a skill set that I needed to develop. Um, and I think it, it's actually one of the 
leading the teams that were. It's probably one of the more enjoyable aspects of the job, actually, for me. Um, particularly when we get into um, sort of, uh, you know, employee well-being and that mm. kind of stuff. I really enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, so I, I didn't necessarily look at leadership as something I wanted to do, but it turned out to be something I really enjoyed. Yeah, and leadership and sort of looking after employee well-being in particular, I mean, those are elements that have been incredibly amplified by the events of the last couple of years with that sort of COVID-19 situation and all of the implications yeah. of that as well. Um, what's that been like from a sort of a kind of business leadership perspective for you in terms of the challenges that you've had to overcome, but also sort of keeping morale high and looking after mental health in-house? Yeah, I think um, I think we were fortunate from an operational so our, our business is, um, you know, we're, we're quite advanced from a tech perspective. So in terms of the whole uh, sort of operational issues with getting staff to work up from home very quickly and so on, we were able to, to get that done very quickly. Um, but um, it was definitely the morale, um, well-being, the motivation um, of the staff that we found most challenging and ourselves, you know. Um, speaking selfishly, it, it's quite difficult to kind of sit at home on your own in a in a room and think, right, every morning I've got to G up the staff and make sure they're all doing well and give them a nice positive message to get the day going, even though at some points it was just negative news. You know, particularly if we go back to a couple of Christmases ago when it was kind of like, you're not going to see any family, you can't travel, you can't do anything. And it was kind of like, how, how do I find a positive message to, to get everyone motivated. Um, and so that that piece was the most challenging. Um, and I think what, what I actually found was that the, um, the relationships, the personal relationships became extremely important mm. rather than management processes, you know, which are there to try and support people as in uh, performance reviews and so on. That's all very useful stuff. But in, in, in the COVID times or the, work from home patterns it was the personal relationships that really mattered encouraging staff to just phone each other and have a chat you know, not about customers or issues they've got going at work just phone someone else in the company today have a half hour chat with them i would do the same and we actually built some really good relationships and that has ended up really galvanizing our team and as a silver lining i'd say we now have a much tighter um team in place and, and the morale is now better than it's ever been. Um, so uh, yeah, so it, it basically personal mm. relationships became became the most important thing. Yeah, and no, I think it's incredibly important that when you're sort of in a home working situation, you kind of have to almost do more from a leadership perspective to try and maintain those relationships. You've got to take a sort of a whole new approach on and it's very, very different, isn't it, when you're sort of trying to keep in contact with people over phones and over screens compared to when you're sort of there in one office space. And indeed, now that restrictions have gone, I've seen a lot of thought leadership pieces out there just really talking up the value of having that office space, having that ability for everybody to sort of come together physically and be able to share ideas, sort of share that social interaction, because that is also incredibly important, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, the, the social interaction, um, I think was was really underestimated beforehand, um, and now we have a, a work pattern um, in terms of a mix between work from home and in the office, where people are really looking forward to coming to the office. 
to see people. You know, they really enjoy that. And that, that's, that's, that's not a novelty that's kind of, you know, just after lockdowns and so on was, you know, disappeared so quickly. It's like a, every week people are like, oh, great, I'm going to go into the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever their passion is. I'm actually going to see people. And yeah, I'm going to be at home on Friday. I'll get my head down, get my more administrative stuff done then. Um, so actually, yes, I'm seeing people like really motivated to come into work, which um, th- there is an irony to that. That um, you know, businesses in the past have put a huge amount of effort into different programs to try and encourage people to be motivated to physically come to work, and and actually the silver lining of of the the lockdowns is that we've been left with a um, a slightly enforced pattern that that really achieves that on its own. Um, it's taught us a lot, hasn't it, um, about sort of managing people leading people because you give them that little bit of sort of flexibility let's say and like say they do repay you that in sort of the um the amount of work they do put in and i think a lot of that is owing to some of the fantastic cultures we see within business in this country as well um and if you do sort of have that culture in place you find that those are the businesses that have excelled during the pandemic because their staff teams no matter what's been thrown at them have been really willing to kind of go above and beyond for the business and for the organisations they work for and keep those vital services running and certainly seems that that's been uh, the case uh, for yourselves as well. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I certainly recognise that arguably that's a little easier to achieve for smaller businesses. Mm. Um, I know uh, from some of my colleagues, so we, we are actually part of a group um, and some of the other businesses in the group are much larger than us and have more staff overseas. And I think they might answer a little differently to some of these these uh, questions, but um, yeah, for for a, uh, a, a smaller group um, or smaller team, it, it's been more achievable. Um, and I think uh, overall, um, we've yeah, we, we've seen all of our staff, I think, really raise their game and and kind of feel part of something. Um, again, that's something that. Um, Financial institutions, in particular, have really had to put a lot of effort into over the years because it's not necessarily a business where there is much um, kind of moral reward, um, and so generating that kind of atmosphere has always been a struggle in, in, financial, in financial institutions. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's worked out quite well overall. We do also have, um, I guess we we might touch on this a bit. We we do have a a sort of mix of staff in terms of their roles that mm. the patterns and, and the challenges we've had haven't necessarily been appropriate for, for the whole team. So we have, we are a sales organization in, in you know, um, by definition really. Um, and at least half of our staff, staff are outbound customer facing, at least on the phone and so on. Um, and we've had to manage their energy levels in particular differently to the rest of the team that are more in support functions. And we've certainly found that office time has been way more beneficial for the sales teams to get that energy, get that camaraderie, um, you know, idea generation and so on. Um, and that, that was difficult to maintain in the, in the lockdown, definitely. It's when you're all isolated, isn't it? Sort of deployed from home in various different aspects and then you've kind of got to sort of update all of your systems to kind of really make that sort of infrastructure work as well. I mean, it is a very arduous process, um, but it seems if you sort of come out to the other side, having learned an awful lot from the uh, the pandemic experience, 
And just yeah. sort of going back, Alex, to kind of what we mentioned um, near the beginning, actually, um, it's obviously not your own business, Currency UK. You're obviously with a third person to join, as you mentioned there. So you joined with that very entrepreneurial mindset into what essentially was a startup business. And a lot of sort of younger listeners to this podcast series especially tend to be of that younger entrepreneurial mindset themselves, where they may be considering maybe starting their own company or maybe joining a startup themselves. So just for those people who may be tuning in, given that you've kind of been there and done it yourself, what sort of advice would you give to someone like that to really get them on the road to success initially, would you say? Um, I suppose um, really to consider that, um, you know, pretty much any organisation um, is a sales organisation. Um, and that doesn't mean that it has to be financially motivated. You might just be selling your idea or your uh, your values, um, particularly in terms of charities or not-for-profits and so on. But to really enter into a business with that mindset is you're always selling. Um, you've always got to present your brand, your values, what you stand for in a really consistent way right from day one. Um, and establishing that in your business before all of the other, uh, I guess, operational considerations is the most important thing. Um, there was, I mean, there's, there's a, a sort of an old adage that goes around that, you know, the first thing a business needs is a, a customer. It doesn't really even need a product. Um, and in that mindset, entering into a new business and thinking from a sales mentality, where can we get customers from? What do we need to do? That, that's probably my biggest piece of advice. Um, and once that's established, everything else can come in to support it. I think very often um, businesses overcomplicate themselves by kind of building the infrastructure, the ideas and so on without thinking about the customers, without selling. Um, and, and when they come to actually monetize or operate, um, then then they struggle because they didn't start with the basic um, focus on, on sales to begin with. Is that, uh, that's mm. probably not a very um, um, succinct piece of advice, but uh, that's definitely, if I, if I mm-hmm. would join, you know, starting again, I would definitely focus more on the, on the sales and less on the operations. Yeah, I suppose the key message to take from that is just simply do your market research before you actually start trying to build your business because if you don't have a customer, then it doesn't matter what obviously products you have, then it's obviously not going to succeed and it's something for anybody uh, tuning in to really take away, I feel. And now, obviously, the Currency UK has been around for sort of so many years. You've kind of overseen the challenge of, uh, of COVID under your leadership as well, Alex. Um, what does sort of the future hold for your business, do you think, just before we sort of finish up on the uh, the show today? I can imagine there's some sort of real big plans to sort of really push on now into the future. Yeah, I think our, our biggest challenge, and this is, this is not COVID-related, but our biggest challenge is how to maintain our personal service, our personal touch, our humanity in the business and deliver and keep up the tech development in our industry. Mm. Um, and how to keep those two married together. We are we stress a lot to our customers that we don't want to force them into sort of self-service online portals, but it's there if they want it. And likewise, for those that prefer to do that, we say, well, you don't have to, to speak to us. You don't have to use our, our phone service, etc. But at the same time, we want to encourage proper personalized relationships with our clients 
So that that's our biggest challenge is that that kind of humanity versus tech and how to nurture and grow both together at the same time in a scalable way. Um, and we have some, some exciting things coming up that are going to help us with that, um, particularly uh, a launch of um, uh, prepaid uh, currency cards that are going to be uh, plugged into our business. Um, but that that's definitely our biggest challenge. And also, I guess, um, from a, a team management perspective, managing the, the new rotors, if you like, of, mm. of everyone's preferences in which days they want to come to the office, which days I want them to come to the office, days at home, travel costs, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that, that's probably more of a, an immediate management challenge. Mm. Yeah, it seems there's a lot to really sort of focus on in what is ultimately a changing world with sort of automation coming in and also sort of the sort of kind of post-COVID working practices as well. So it's going to be a very interesting period for the business. And I suppose as some of those advancements really start to kind of take shape and you sort of start reaping the benefits of that, I think it would be fantastic, Alex, to actually even maybe catch up on the program and just see how things are coming along and how hopefully the business is growing and there's some real success out of it. Yeah, love to see that. That'd be great. It'd be brilliant to catch up. I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the uh, the show today as well. And um, I'm sure that everybody tuning in shares that sentiment too. And um, lastly, Alex, just before we do wrap up, um, please do by all means take care and stay safe with all that's still going on. And it would be amazing having you back in future. Thank you very much, Scott. Really appreciate your time. It was a real pleasure welcoming Alex Coates, Managing Director of Currency UK, onto today's show. And I do hope that everybody tuning in thoroughly enjoyed the interview. And to anybody listening in today who might run their own business or their own organisation, which you feel might have its own story of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then by all means, we also want to hear from you. So why not also apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time to all of our listeners, you've been listening to the Leaders Council podcast with Scott Chaloner. Take care and goodbye.